calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your, Your Angry, Angry Neighborhood, Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Hi, darling. Hello, hello. Look at you. Madigan has pink hair now. I have hot pink hair. The color on the box was flamingo. Was it like manic panic or what was it? It was punky color, I think it was called. I was going to get splat so okay so I had originally put pink in my hair last week just kind of over like my reddish brown that I had and yeah, it didn't it really show red. up yeah and it and then it kind of went to like a bright like gingery red which I normally have anyways so today I bleached my hair and then did I think it was called punky color on top and this is so crazy because like the smell of this dye it smelled like candy Hmm. Never have exp- like it's you know how usually hair dye has that like really harsh chemical, chemical smell. Chemical smell, yeah. Yeah, like you could kind of smell it, but they had this like fragrance over it. Like it wasn't bad. Like I wasn't like it wasn't so strong that I was like this is unbearably sweet smelling. But I was trying, or it also kind of smelled like it could be like a perfume we would have worn in the early two thousands, like something sure. really fragrant, you know. But I appreciated that my nostrils weren't like assaulted assaulted during the process and i was amazed too i don't know what brand of bleach i used but i didn't get a scratchy scalp usually i have like a comb that i'm like itching your scalp with yeah during. like scraping my skin with trying to get the scratching to go well you know you're not to supposed in. to do that have you ever watched brad mondo's like um youtube channel he's a hairstylist and no. he'll like, react to people doing like at home dye jobs where their hair falls out or whatever and yeah. he, he always says that he's like if you have bleach on your hair don't scratch your scalp because it's like open you can like oh. open up your that makes sense because like, you could hurt your it would like infect your skin I feel like and it's yeah, or it just it would make the burning worse I think yeah it's, like, bleach going into like open wounds but oh. I mean it's the itchiest thing though like in the past yeah. I haven't bleached my hair in years but in the past when I've done it oh my gosh it's like the half an hour it's sitting on my head I feel like there's like bugs on my head or something I you know hate that's it. so funny we were just talking about um like things that I'll do to my hair to keep me from having to wash it a lot yeah. and I'll do protective styles putting my hair in braids or twists and um 
I get that feeling like about because you can wash your hair with braids or twists, but not as frequently. And um, I get that feeling about two weeks in, a week and a half in with twists yeah. in. Oh, my God. The itching is intense. It's like you're doing that pat where you're patting yourself I on was the head. just going to say I learned that as a child watching America's Next Top Model because I remember like, you know, Tyra was problematic pat. as fuck. Yeah, they gave a white girl a weave. And so she was teaching the white girl the weave pat. And I remember learning that as a little girl and being like, huh. I never considered that because she was explaining how it's a way like not to mess up your hair, but to like scratch your head and things like that. Then it gets frizzy and stuff. You know what we should do? We need to do a problematic fave America's Next Top Model because man, did I love that show. I uh, loved it as a kid. Upon rewatch of some episodes. Wow. (laughs) I can't I can't do it. I watched um, maybe the first five minutes of a more recent season that I think was on like HBO Max or something where it was the guys. Mm. And I watched, it was like just like coming up this season and I was like, nope, can't do it. Because I needed something just like trashy and easy to watch. But like... It's a mess. We have our limits. We have our limits. You know what I mean? Like that would not be a relaxing reality TV show viewing experience for me. It would be very stressful and I feel like I would end up texting you most of the time while watching it. For sure. (laughs) And the older seasons are like... Real, like I remember the, when they the early two thousands were a messy, messy time period. Do you remember when they actually like did a race swap photo shoot? Oh yeah, oh yeah. That vividly. one, it like stays vividly in my memory. That one is like there was blackface, there was yellowface. It was <gasps> a mess. It was fucked up. There was something really recently. Oh, it was like last week. There was a contestant from and I recognized her from like one of the earlier seasons and she like broke down crying in like a a TikTok or like an Instagram video or something and she was talking about just like the emotional damage that she had what from being on the show and things like that and calling out Tyra Banks like this past year there's been a lot of eyes on America's Next Top Model for some reason which seems really strange that like this I think it's year, because it's it's on Netflix, so that's oh. probably why it was put on Netflix. So more eyes are on it now. I see. So now more people are seeing it like in today's lens, right? So people everybody's... are probably seeing it for the first time, and they're probably like, "Why did you all watch this?" Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, how did this even get on TV? Yeah, I ask myself that question too. Actually, that is a we definitely have to do that because I've read a lot about uh, Jay. The other judge, mm-hmm. like, he's had some stuff to say. Tyra's had some things to say. Oof. It's okay, messy. Well, we'll that, okay. We'll put that on the list. We'll put, put that a, on the list for the future. We'll put a pin in that one. Yeah. All right. Um, should we start with the worst? Yes. Let's do it. Okay. I feel like it's very hard for me to go from talking about hair and America's Next Top Model <laughs> into something... Deeply, deeply, deeply upsetting. So I'm going to try to bring my my voice down and the mood down a little bit um, because I'm sure many of our listeners have seen this video. If you haven't seen the video, hopefully you have seen this reported on the news or online somewhere. Um, This is very, very upsetting. There was a nine-year-old black girl who was pepper sprayed by police officers in Rochester, New York last Friday. It's awful. Warning right. you before I, I keep going. Um, it's awful. No, I know. I I did not see the video. I've seen right. stills from the video. 
she was pepper sprayed and also handcuffed and put into the back of a police car. Yes, I have the whole story here. So the officers responded to a 911 call reporting family trouble on Friday, January 29th. Allegedly, the nine-year-old girl, quote, indicated that she wanted to kill herself and wanted to kill her mom, according to the city's deputy police chief, Andre Anderson. So take that with a grain of salt. We allegedly that's what the young well, girl said. Even if that's what she was saying, why are we not handling this as though there's Correct. some kind of mental health crisis well, happening? Yeah, some some of the articles that I read were saying that the officers were intending to take her to the hospital, but none of the behaviors that uh, were exhibited by the police officers indicated that they were trying to help her in any sort of way because they immediately... This they is imme- why police shouldn't be in charge of this. Like, why no. are we calling the police to handle something that they are clearly not trained for? Like, regardless, like, this is why we need to defund the police to yeah. allocate those funds to other departments that are are situated to handle these types of things. Exactly, exactly. So the child has not been named as she's a minor. Um, she was handcuffed and screaming for police to stop trying to restrain her, saying repeatedly that she wanted her dad and began kicking at the officers in response. As she was being forced into the back of the police car, she asked if the police would please brush the snow off of her as she was cold. They showed no compassion. Instead, they forcefully shoved her into the back seat, and when she continued to struggle, one officer said, just spray her at this point. Then there is a scream, and the nine-year-old child is pepper sprayed in the face, intentionally causing the girl severe pain. Okay, why did they spray her? Because they, well, she... She was resisting what they were doing. Like she was kicking and screaming. Like I've I've seen the video, and she is she's putting up a fight. Like she doesn't want to go, and she wants her dad. Like she looks like a very scared, scared little girl. Um, all you hear are screams. All you hear are cries. Uh, it's so sad. After they spray her, she asks them, "Wipe my eyes, please." And all they do is shut the door in her face. It wow. is just. It is. It is one of the most heartbreaking things that I've seen. And after they close the door, one of the officers just exasperatedly is like, unbelievable. It's just, and that's exactly my response too. This is fucking unbelievable what I had to see. So I read a couple of really great articles, one from Slate.com and one from The Guardian. And in those articles, they were discussing how black girls have been victims of dangerous stereotypes, such as being defiant and unruly or just plain bad in the eyes of the law and many other adults. It's a very negative stereotype that follows young black girls around. And so, for example, in the video, there is one moment where the officer scolds her for, quote, acting like a child. She responded, I am a child. Like, this girl is so, she's so self-aware. Like, the the ways that she's conversing with them and everything and the way they're treating her is just so disgusting. And, and reading that, and, you know, we've, we've discussed this in the past, you know, the different stereotypes that are held upon, you know, young black boys, young black girls, and things like that, and how they are seen differently by society, and in this case, law enforcement, uh, almost seen as more responsible and more adult-like rather than being what she was as a nine-year-old girl. Right. I'm I'm having a hard time seeing how this was justified at all. Uh, yeah. This is a perfect, if you are struggling with understanding why people are saying to defund the police, this is a perfect illustration of why that is. Um, they're not saying, you know, in, in some cases, of course, people are saying dissolve police. I think most people aren't saying that. They're just saying that 
if we gave the police less money, we would have more money to allocate to maybe somebody who's in social services, who's trained to handle situations like this, because there is no reason. I can't think of a single reason. She's nine. You're a couple of fully grown adult human beings. There's no way that you couldn't have gotten her under control or at least in a manageable state um, without spraying her. Like, I don't understand how it even got to that point. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, to me, if I think of a crying child, any crying child, the first thing that I want to do is ask what's wrong, calm them down, ask if I can get them anything. You know, all you need to do is to quiet down, be supportive, listen to the child, see what she has to say, especially because this call was for some sort of family matter. You don't know what's going on. Ask this girl, why does she want to kill herself and her mother? What is going on that's making her feel this way? Like, I, this right, girl and was if, clearly if still, distraught. If she's still reacting violently, because we, we don't know what's going on, and she exactly. might be, like, lashing out physically, violently, there's still, I, I can't, see a scenario short of her having a gun or some other kind of weapon that would require you to use that kind of force on a nine-year-old especially since yeah. and again i have not seen the full look video i've only Nor seen do you have stills to. <laughs> um from from the video but it, it looked like they had her well on her way to being in the car or in the car already. Yeah, they were she was kind of from from what I could see because it's it's body cam footage so it is, you know, it's very close to the action. It's hard to see with perspective everything that's going on, but kind of from what I could see from the video um it looked like she was just really trying hard not to actually get into the car. Like they were really trying to force her in and she I don't know if she was maybe moving her body in a way that was making it difficult or her kicking or honestly it could have just been the fact that she was in their minds she was making a lot of noise she was crying a lot and it sounds like they were just exasperated and he was like at this point just spray her that's exactly how it happened so um feel like I probably know the answer to this but what if anything has happened to the officers okay perfect that you should ask me this. So there's not a whole lot going on so far because this happened a week ago, but the city of Rochester, New York has suspended the police officers seen on the body cam footage spraying the girl, but they haven't specified who these officers are, how many there were, anything like that. We just know that there have been suspensions and those suspensions will last until at least the internal police investigation is completed. Now, there is some extra eyes on this situation because back in March of 2020, so not that long ago, last spring, there was a man by the name of Daniel Prude who was murdered after police officers put a hood over his head and pressed his head into the pavement for two minutes, killing him by asphyxiation. The body cam footage of that incident was released six months later and the family sued the city and the police chief was then fired. So we now have a new police chief in Rochester, New York. Her name is Cynthia Harriet Sullivan. And she said of the incident with the nine-year-old, I'm not going to stand here and tell you that for a nine-year-old to have to be pepper sprayed is okay. We are going to do the work we have to do to ensure these kinds of things don't happen. So that's... All right. I feel like I've heard that before. So I'm going to need you to actually do something. I'm going to need to see you actually do something because exactly at this point, I don't believe that shit at all. I mean, over the summer, we saw the same police departments who were kneeling and praying and holding Mm -hmm. hands with protesters then come back that evening and 
throw tear gas at them. So yeah. I, uh, I'm i going to need to see some actual action. Yes. Think exactly. about when you were nine years old. Like, <laughs> I, to me, an adult tr- in authority treating you that way, it's some of the most Horrifying. disgusting stuff I've ever seen. I remember seeing a video um, of a black girl, I think in middle school or early high school. She was still fairly small. Do you remember that? And she got like body slammed in class. Yes. By like the the officer, the school resource officer. Yes. Like it's, I, I just, I can't imagine what's going through the minds of these adults when they do things like this. I can't imagine what's going through the minds of the child. I am very, very scared of yelling. I don't like people yelling near me, around me, anything like that. And I definitely grew up in a sport where there was lots of yelling at people <laughs> around me and yelling at children and scolding children. And it's terrifying. I've seen, you know, the effects of, you know, just emotional abuse on children firsthand as a child. And I can't imagine the fear of having it actually happen to me, having an adult come down on me that hard, especially a police officer, somebody with that well, much authority. He- here's the thing. Sometimes yelling works. OK, and I would much rather a police officer yell at it at a person. Right. Then physically harm somebody. Definitely. Like there's no reason it needed to escalate to that degree. Even if she was being unruly, there's no reason that it ever needs to escalate to that. Like I But even like even just that scared the shit out of me as a kid. You know, the yelling and like anger and things like that. So I'm imagining all of that being so intensified to get to the point where they pepper sprayed her. You know what I mean? Like it's the whole situation sounds absolutely like my worst nightmare. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Terrifying. And again, we don't know what happened before that. I don't know what kind of family situation she's coming from. Yeah. The whole they, thing you seems know, very traumatic. It does. There's no, I couldn't find anything about, you know, the mother or the father. There's been no statements given, nothing that I saw at least. So maybe there have been, and I just didn't read any articles where there were statements from the family. Um, Rochester's mayor, her name is Lovely Warren, and I really hope she ends up being lovely. I really do. She says that she was deeply troubled by the macing and handcuffing of a child who is in distress and clearly emotional. She also goes on to say, unfortunately, she doesn't have the capabilities to do more in the investigation and to actually, you know, prosecute these people since state law and union contract prevents her from taking action. And speaking of union, the president of the Rochester Police Union, Mike Mazio, is defending the no, officers. No, of course he is. Of course yes. he is. Police so, unions are some of the most corrupt. Like, it is so disgusting. It's gross. So he says the officer made a decision there that he thought was the best action to take. It resulted in no injury to her. He had to go and push further and use more force there's a good chance she could have been hurt worse so what are you trying to say like first of all they say that she wasn't injured which just isn't true you pepper sprayed a girl in the face that is an injury like that can actually injure somebody and he's like well it could have been worse of what course do you mean it, could it could have been be worse, worse. there's no arguing with these people because th- that's this the union that's their job is to get these people out of trouble. There are never consequences, ever. You really could have told me that he said that about absolutely anything, and I would have 
believed you because that's the exact same thing that they always say um the force was justified the officer made a decision yeah no no shit like but clearly he made a decision and it was the wrong one and that's what you should be saying and then all of us make decisions in our jobs every single day sometimes those decisions are incorrect and when they are in any other job Usually, you know, my desk job, it's not going to result in anybody being injured or killed. But in any other job, you are reprimanded. In any other job, there's a possibility that you could lose your job. Why, if making the wrong decision as a police officer, which has extreme consequences in some cases, why do you not have to face those consequences? Yeah, I mean, it's... There is something, you know, and just talking about this now, I never really considered this before, but there is something really interesting about like high powered careers in general and their ability to kind of like get away with with doing things at their jobs and things like that if they're high enough in it, you know. I well, just think I mean, that's kind of an you don't even concept. have to be high in it in the police. Because uh, definitely not. That's what the unions are for. Like Behind yeah. the Bastards actually has an episode on police unions and how mm-hmm. they started and how they are actually, you know, rooted in, in white supremacy and, yeah. and all those things and um, that they are basically designed for them to get out of any trouble Um of any kind and to not lose their jobs. So it's, and it's very because of the way that they've been created. And, um, in this country, it's very difficult to get around that as well. It's it's, it's insular. Everything is, and it's an internal investigation. It's an internal, you know, union investigation as well. You know, everything seems so insulated that there isn't enough outside people involved. Well, and it's political too, where it's like, you know, the unions have some political power as well. Um, and so all of those things kind of kind of work hand in hand. But it's uh, it's a really upsetting situation. It is. Uh, as always. <laughs> every time we talk about this. It's like I hate like I I always like hate to even like bring sad stuff up. I'm like, I don't want to bring the mood down further. But it's so important to talk. about. Well, that's the news. I know. Um, I know. It's just. Uh. But OK, so I will talk about something that made me slightly happier. And it just happened before we started recording. Uh-huh. So we are recording on Thursday. And right before we started recording, the GOP representative Marjorie Taylor Greene has been um, removed. So it's very, very exciting. I mean, for me to say it's very, very exciting is also kind of like whoa, scary because it's like it never should have gotten to this point. Like why she's there in the first place is an indication that we are in a sad, very scary state of affairs. Yeah. Well, and it's also just crazy. I was doing some reading on just how unusual this whole circumstance is because typically it wouldn't be the other party that would have to remove somebody from their job. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Usually it's, it's handled within the party and like if this person is a problem, it's taken care of and they were given opportunity. They were given the opportunity. After opportunity. So eventually then the Democrats had to stand in and that was kind of, uh, part of the whole thing today was like how unbelievably crazy it is that the Democrats even had to step in to remove her to begin with. Yeah. I mean, and it's that whole thing is, actually pretty scary and something that we should talk about. So while I think that this is very good news, uh, it is something to just keep your finger on the pulse of because it does give you a pretty good indication of where we are and it's not good. So yeah, the, vote- the, the GOP for the most part, except for, I believe it was, yes, 11 Republicans 
crossed party lines and voted to remove her. But there are so many people in the GOP that completely stand behind Marjorie Taylor Greene. And that is well, you know, terrifying. The, the thing is, what they're doing is they're trying to walk this line. Right. So the final vote tally was 230 to 199. Eleven Republicans voted in support of the rev- resolution. Um, but while they're they're not throwing their support behind her, right? Like a lot of them are coming out and saying, we think that this is detestable. We, you know, we do not support the things that she has said or claimed. They also won't support removing her either um, because they think that that is, it's a bridge too far somehow. Yeah. Um, But that is... I mean, to me, that is some sort of support to me. I mean, although they're not, they're not coming out and saying what she was doing was right. They're not actually doing anything to show the fact that they truly believe that through their actions, you know? Well, that's, that's the thing is they are saying with their mouth, (laughs) I don't support this. Right. You know, they're saying that out loud. I don't support this. This is wrong. Um, These remarks that she's making were was inappropriate. But then they're not acting on it because they feel too beholden to their party. It's the same reason why they won't um, impeach Donald Trump. You know, it's crazy to me, though, that suddenly the party has become Donald Trump because I've you know, I've been watching so much CNN this year is insane. And I was watching um, a really great interview with somebody who is, you know, part of the Republican Party um, has been for a very, very long time. Uh, somebody who does not, you know, side with the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world and in the party. And, you know, they were talking about how upsetting it was that the Republican Party has truly become like this party of Trump and wanting to get back to the Republican Party that there was before, where it's like, you know, fiscal policy and things like that. Right. I I don't I, I think that I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. In I've the been future. hearing the term retrumplicans, I think, a lot on CNN. I think that's the term that um, I I think they very uh, much want to start their own party. I think that that's a big a big part of it. But okay, so let's talk a little bit about Marjorie Taylor Greene here. For those of you who don't know, there were um, at least two public QAnon supporters who became members of Congress um, this last election cycle. One of those is Marjorie Taylor Greene. Now, she has been condemned by Democrats Democrats rightly um, and also some Republicans for embracing a lot of conspiracy theories uh, and also for the social media activity that took place. She she's posted about wanting to have Nancy Pelosi executed. She, you know, well, she didn't post about that. So she she like I've seen the video of, of her talking about this. And it was at some kind of rally, and it was in either 2018 or 2019, which is also another thing that people are using to say, like, this was before she was in office, like, you know. Mm. But, however, she is standing in front of a bunch of Trump supporters and saying that Nancy Pelosi um, is guilty of treason, and what do we do to traitors? Um, we execute traitors. Yeah. And then... And then On Facebook, she liked a comment in reference to Nancy Pelosi, um, talking about Nancy Pelosi being a traitor. Somebody commented basically saying, um, wouldn't a bullet be quicker? Talking about Nancy Pelosi. She liked that comment. 
Um, so she has really just completely gone off the rails. She said yeah, a lot. Of- she she believes in the you know actors of the school shooting that the government like hired actors to play out these school shootings and things like that. Right, Part of she that even- conspiracy. She even followed David Hogue, who is a Parkland survivor. Um, she followed him around, basically, you know, calling him a liar. She's on video doing these things. She is a absolutely believer. unhinged. Right? She is yeah, she's unhinged. Yeah, she's a a believer of QAnon. She believes in other weird conspiracies. Like one of her, the more famous one that you may have been seeing memes about is that the California wild, wildfires were not started by global warming, but that they were started by Jewish space lasers. Yep. Um, and that there is evidence on the internet to support this, that yep. it's Jewish space lasers that's causing the wildfires. I don't fires. know if any, I don't think you can say the phrase evidence on the internet. <laughs> like, I don't think any evidence <sighs> on the internet has ever held up and would ever hold up in court, ever. Like, look at this thing I, mean, I found on the internet. <laughs> it was really wild watching her kind of like give her defense on yeah. the floor um, where she was kind of defending herself and she was having to say the words, I believe 9-11 happened. Like, yes. <laughs> I believe school shootings happen. Like, and it's just so wild that somebody who is representing our nation yeah. and a woman who was on the House Education and Labor Committee, Education Committee, this woman, like, I know. is standing up. In, it, it, she's in charge of things. Like, isn't that insane? Yeah, I think it was on SNL this past weekend, I think it was during Weekend Update, and there was some problematic stuff during the Weekend Update, but I won't get into that. But I think it was during that where one of the guys was saying, like, and she's actually a representative. If you Google her, she oh, is yeah. an action. You know what I mean? It's just like when you hear all of these things and the things that she's saying, like, yes, I believe 9-11 happened. Yes, these school shootings are real. This is a person representing the United States and has a say in legislation. That is bonkers crazy bringing bonkers back right well i mean it, it it is and the number of republicans who defended her or refused to um vote to have her removed that is appalling given mm-hmm. what just happened at the capitol like yeah. we are sitting here trying to say hey you know bare minimum can we please hold these people accountable like these are your colleagues Whether or not you sit on opposite sides of the aisle, Nancy Pelosi, AOC, Ilhan Omar, these are your colleagues. And Marjorie Taylor Greene is posting things on social media that's her with an AK-47 and pictures of the squad saying that she's their worst enemy. Like, these are your colleagues. Yeah. Why? I don't understand. And again, you know, talking about police in any other job, if you were to say these things about your colleagues, it would be a no fucking brainer yeah. that you would lose your job. Like, it, it doesn't yeah. make and any And good sense. luck getting a reference to any other job in the future. Right, like, but in, you, in, your life in would the be times, ruined. Yeah, but in the times we live in now, for some reason, it's just like, it is. we're so divided that we automatically have to defend yeah. our side whatever our team is we have to defend them regardless of whether or not what they're saying is wild i mean yeah. and mitch mcconnell even came out and said that um sh- she believes in loony lies and conspiracy theories uh, i mean hey mitch mcconnell is confirming it you know 
you know shit's bad. Mitch McConnell's gonna have a heart attack because he's just like, oh god, I <laughs> he For doesn't real. know what to do at this moment. So, <sighs> oh man, oh man. Well, I I don't have any notes on this, but I wanted to end this week on a positive note. And so our listeners, if you've been listening for a while, you know that one of my guilty pleasure TV shows is Dance Moms. I love me some Dance Moms. And there was some like news having to do with one of the former Dance Mom stars this week. So Jojo Siwa, who I oh, know yeah. from Dance Moms, mm-hmm, but everybody mm-hmm. else knows from like TikTok and Nickelodeon and all that kind of stuff for, I mean, I'm sure a lot of our listeners know who JoJo is because I think our demographic would know. But for those of you who don't, um, she is like this ball of energy, bleach blonde hair. She's 17 now, but she's kind of been in the zeitgeist since she was like 13. Um she wears these high ponytails, big bows, rhinestones, rainbows. Like she is like Disneyland on crack as a person, like just this happy, colorful girl. So about a week ago or so, she posted a photo on Twitter, I believe, of a shirt that says like, I have the best gay cousin ever or something that she was wearing and posted it. And all these people were like, oh my gosh, is she finally coming out? Is she coming out? Oh my gosh. And so she did confirm that while she is not using any labels, she does identify as being part of the LGBTQ community. And then shortly before we recorded, I watched her interview that she just did with Jimmy Fallon. And she talked about having a girlfriend and how her girlfriend was the reason that she decided to be open with the world about her life. You know, she talks about how she wasn't really trying to keep it a, a secret or anything. and But she just, you know, wasn't wasn't openly, you know, publicizing it to the world yet and things like that. But she feels good about it. Um, of course, you know, because she, you know, makes videos for kids and is on a lot of like kids networks. A lot of parents are really, really unhappy that JoJo well, came that's out. too damn bad. Exactly. And there's this, I'm going to, I'll post it um, on Instagram tomorrow, but there was a really great, um, Thing that I found where some mom was like, I'm never going to let my daughter watch your video ever again. And Jojo just responds, okay, period. I'm like, yes, that is exactly what I need to hear. <laughs> I mean, you can choose to live your life however you want to. I feel mm-hmm. really bad for your children that they're having to be around somebody who is so close-minded. Yeah. But I give props to Jojo for not allowing that to dampen her light or affect her moment, you know, take away from her moment. And that's kind of how she's always been because she's got, you know, kind of a stutter at times and she had difficulty with her R's. So she always sounded like kind of baby talkish. But even on Dance Moms, like when Abby would like tear her a new one, she always like stood up for herself and was like, oh, this is just me. You know, like she's always 100% authentically herself. And for me, that is the most admirable thing that any person can be. So the fact that she is 17 years old and is so unapologetically herself, someone who has such a huge career, who is just willing to put herself on the line, I'm just, I'm blown away by her. I'm so proud of her. You know, that is something that I will say. The internet's a mixed bag, right? There's a lot of good. There's a lot of bad. The internet gives us QAnon, right? Yeah. But the internet also has given this generation below us, this Gen Z generation, it has given them the ability to have so much more visibility into other people's lives and experiences that I think we're going to see a lot more of this happening younger and younger. Yeah. um, Where people just feel like, you know, even if they 
their own communities or their own families are not supportive of who they are, that there is a larger community out there. I feel like when we were growing up and in the, in the times before that, you were so limited and isolated to what was directly around you. And yeah. now that isn't the case as much anymore. Right. So yeah. I mean, it was definitely, I feel like rare for children to publicly come out in any sort of way in high school. Like I, I remember definitely, you know, we had an LGBT club at our school. And so I definitely had friends that I knew were part of that community. But I feel like now with social media, that's opened up the doors a lot. And it reminds me of, you know, the first coming out episode that we did, where, you know, we had some listeners that reached out to us talking about not having fully come out yet. And that's why they were remaining anonymous. And, you know, so we know that that experience is still out there. So anytime there can be a light for people to see that, look, it's going to be okay. If you just are yourself, like every like the people that love you will love you if you are just who you are, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much out there. Yeah. There's so many different kinds of people out there. The world is so much bigger than you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I wanted to end on a bit of a happy I love note. that. I love that we ended on that. Yay. Oh, right. Well, and I also wanted to just kind of remind everybody that we're not going to have Keegan for a couple Sorry. weeks. Sorry. I know. I'm not going away for a full month this time, but I am going away for two weeks to work on my Black Arts Alliance stuff uh, yes. that we've got going on. I'm very excited. We're in the kind of like final days of, of working out this project that we've been working on. So Which has to be crazy. It, it is. Oh, my gosh. Especially it is. not being there yet. That would be yeah. driving me insane. Yeah. And all of the like quarantining and testing, you know, it's just it's a lot. But, it's a lot. Yeah. So but it's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be great. And we kind of have some fun stuff planned for the listeners while she's gone. I am going to have some guests come on for the mini episodes. It's going to be a little different. It's going to be super fun. And then we are going to be re-releasing a couple of old episodes uh, so that you can kind of have you know, the team together. It's not just, especially me by myself for Black History Month, not a good look. Don't want to do it, you know? <laughs> well, you only have the one main episode uh, without me, so... That's we true. We should be all right. That's true. <laughs> it would, I mean, you know, I it would be okay, but I am glad that we are going to re-release another episode that we had done in the past, um, especially for newer listeners that maybe haven't gone back into the repertoire and listened to some old ones. I'm going to find some some good stuff. And I'll post that. So awesome. You won't be missing us too much. And you're going to get some extra little fun stuff with some guests. It's going to be great. Yeah. All righty. So thank you so much to everybody who is listening. I want to remind all of you again that we are going to be setting up our Patreon very soon. We are going to be getting merch out to you soon. But we really, really, really want to hear from you. Uh, so let us know if you have any ideas for merch, things that you want to see, uh, anything that you want to hear from us on Patreon. Go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or go ahead and direct message us on our Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. We have a Twitter that we sometimes use at Yamp Podcast. Why? A. N. F. Podcast. We have a Facebook business and group page. Go to that group page and chat with the other listeners and then hop on over to the business page and leave us a review there. We greatly appreciate it. And then go on over to Apple Podcasts if you haven't already and leave us a review there. It helps us so, so very much when you do so. All right, that's all we got for you today. With all of that being said, 
we encourage you to, to rage, rage on. Bye-bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.